Thank you. Let us turn to the word of God. The title of this message, God's love for Israel. This is a, up to this point, a three-part series, which might, might go into a, even a four-part series, depending on how the Lord leads. This is the title of our message, God's love for Israel. Today's message comes from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Please rise for the reading of the word of God. Romans chapter 9, verses 6 through 13. It is not as though God's word had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the natural children who are God's children. But it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how he promised. For this was how the promise was stated. At the point in time, I will return and Sarah will have a son. Not only that, but Rebecca's children have one and the same father, our father, Isaac. Yet. Before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose and election might stand, not by works, by him, but by him who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger. Just as it is written, Jacob I love, but Esau I hate it. This is the word of God. The grass withers, but the flowers fade. But the word of God will stand forever. Amen. Please be seated. Let us pray. Our Lord and God, give us your spirit, increase our capacity to listen and learn from your word, increase our love for your gospel message, bless our listeners, we ask and we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. It's a new day. I have to admit that I am positively clear that we are in the last day. What do I mean by the last day? What I mean by this is that there's a time 
that is coming. And it is coming real soon. A time in which there will be no more crying, no more weeping, no more sadness. A time in which all evil will be laid to rest. That is completely destroyed. And handed over into the hands of our almighty God. A time in which our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will reign. A time in which all will be renewed. That is heaven and earth. A time in which we will know our Lord even as we now know ourselves. For you see, this is, this is the plan of God. That is the plan of salvation. It is God's plan to renew us. To renew not only us, but to renew heaven and earth. This is the last day. Amen? Now, during the past few weeks, the title of our message has been God's love for Israel. Our topic has been Israelites, the elect of God in Christ Jesus. I expressed that in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, last week, Paul describes a few key aspects of God's election of Israel because God sovereignly loves Israelites. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites, he hates particular Israelites. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites, God has blessed particular Israelites. That is, those who have been set apart, those who who have been set apart for his divine purposes. Or his divine purpose. I shouldn't say purposes because he's only one God. But his divine purpose in Christ Jesus. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites Christians. Because of a renewed heart. A transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Rightly love all Israelites. That was last week's material. What about today? Well, based upon my study and based upon what I've observed so far, I think it's important that we continue to study this particular passage. I think it's important because we can learn a lot by the acts of God Historically, that is, when I talk about historically, I'm talking about the redemptive history of God's people. We can learn a lot from reading it, studying it, contemplating it, whatever you want to call it. We need to think about it 
And we, we need to see how God purposely acts in the lives of those whom he have called. Those whom he have called, when I talk about called, I'm talking about those whom he have called his own. Those that he has touched and he has, in a very real way, brought them near unto him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And these, they know who they are. Jesus says so himself. His sheep knows his voice. It's that simple. His sheep knows his voice. If you are a child of God, you will know the voice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If it sounds unfamiliar, if it sounds too far fetched for you to believe or accept as your own, then I'll let you figure that out. But today, again, the title, God's Love for Israel. The topic of the message will be the Israelites, descendants of Abraham in Christ Jesus. So it's a little bit different. It's a little bit nuanced. What I mean by that is it's changed just a little bit. Unlike last week, which I just explained, the, to uh, the topic was Israelites, the elect of God in Christ Jesus. But this week is the descendants of Abraham in Christ Jesus. They're closely related. And you have to see this and you have to understand that there's a real connection here. And this connection is what we want to focus on today. Because I am convinced that this connection will help you to understand more about the plan of salvation in Christ Jesus by God. Amen? Amen? Now, I am proposing that in Romans chapter 9, verses 1, verses 6 through 13, Paul describes a few key aspects of God's election of Israel. Because God, once again, I must make this clear, sovereignly loves Israelites. Now, how can we fully understand all this? Well, we can start by looking at the following three points. And point number one, we want to see that because God sovereignly loves Israelites, once again, I must make it clear, he hates particular Israelites. Point number two. We want to see that because God sovereignly loves Israelites, God has blessed particular Israelites. Point number three. We want to see that because God sovereignly loves Israelites, Christians, fill in the blank people, blank love all Israel Israelites. What, what goes in there? Christians, blank all Israelites. Rightly love. Right? Rightly love. Listen, there's a wrong way and there's a right way to love the Israelites. We want to love them in the right way. Amen? 
So, got to walk carefully. When you're talking about the Israelites, when you're talking about God's chosen, you need to walk carefully. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's why I have decided that I want to make sure I clear up all doubts. I clear up any misconceptions before I move forward. Because I do not want to be left in a place where I have, for whatever reason, misspoken God's word. Because I know that I will be held accountable for what I say. Author of this message is Paul. His office is what? An apostle of Jesus Christ. Amen. The theme of this letter, Paul states in Romans chapter 1, verses 17. The gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. It is through faith from beginning to end. Amen? What's the genre of this text that we're reading from? What's the genre? What type of text is it? A letter. Yes, it's a letter. That is very good. It's a letter. Who are the recipients of this letter? Roman, Jewish, and non-Jewish converts. Okay, That is those who have been converted. That is converted from Judaic, the Judaic uh, religion over to Christianity, early Christianity. Amen. Paul's description is that of the future glory of the kingdom of God. Let us remember that. That's a description, a, a, a sketch, as it were, of the present. I should say not the future, but the, the presence. The future. And I can even go back as far as the past. And as a matter of fact, I think that would be more accurate. Accurate, And that is, that is the, a description of the past, present, and future glory of the kingdom of God. Listen, always remember that what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to paint a picture for you. A picture in which the broader picture is part of the broader picture, which is, God's eternal plan of salvation. And it is God's eternal purpose, which is to build a kingdom. And this kingdom is his. That's why I call it the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom, there's a king. And who's that king? Jesus. Jesus Christ. The son of God. The son of the living God. He is that king. Remember, I don't know if you remember last week, we talked a little bit about this. Jesus is a descendant of who? David. According to the flesh, Jesus is a descendant of David. He's of the line, of a kingly line. And he is the, he is the king of kings. The Lord of lords. There is no other king greater than he. Amen. Now, let me begin by let's begin with point number one, the guilt. There's guilt written all in this book that we 
that we proclaim the word of God. They're guilty. Who's the guilty? Sinners, right? God has declared us sinners before him. And we saw that last week, right? We saw that in Romans chapter 2. Where God's wrath is upon all sinners. Romans 3.23, all have sinned. And what? Fallen short of the glory of God. Now, what I would like to do today is, is because that is the background. Let us kind of peel back again some of this, this uh, what I've been talking about. And that is, let's deal with the sovereign love of God. You need to understand that the sovereign love of God where where do I get this from? Well, I'm here to tell you, first of all, I, I've gotten this from the text. The sovereign love of God is the revelation of God's election of Israel. And that's why I describe it as a sovereign love, meaning that, listen, God's decision. His choice to love certain individuals, certain people. Because if he did not act on that, guess what would happen? We would be left where? In our sin. You need to understand this. It was ne it's necessary that God chooses to love or to, I should say, express his love, to reveal his love according to his promises. Because if he didn't, if he didn't, we will be left in our sins. And to be left in our sins is to be eternally separated from God. That's what, children? Bad. That's bad. That's really bad, isn't it? So you got to understand what I mean by this sovereign love. It's God's revel it's the revelation of God's election of Israel. And that's what and that's what we're talking about, Israel. Amen. That is the descendants of Jacob. Now, this also would fall into not well now what I want to make sure you understand too. The sovereign love is the revelation of God's election. When I say election, it is God's way of choosing certain individuals. And we see this in the text. Let us turn over to Romans chapter 9. Verses. That's Romans chapter 9. Everybody turn with me to Romans chapter 9. Over in Romans chapter 9, beginning at verse 3, Paul writes, For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. Who are these brothers? Well, Paul tells us right there. 
those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption. Say adoption. Adoption. As sons. That is children. The children. Theirs is the adoption. The children of God. Now, so what God has done, God has adopted Israel, the descendants of Israel. He has adopted them as his own. As his children. He calls them his children. We saw that last week. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now being that they are his children. And it's just. It's real specific right there. Israel is his children. Know this. Again. That shows that. Listen. Israel did not choose God. Israel did not choose God. But God chose them. And I want to make this clear. He chose them not because of anything in them other than that which was placed there by himself. And I want to make it clear that what he placed in them, first of all, began with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that came upon them. And the Holy Spirit goes where God sends him. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a person. Is a divine person. And he goes where the Father and the Son sends him. And he sent them to Jacob. Now, Jacob, that name even means what? Heel catcher. That means he's... Listen, Jacob was crafty. He was conniving. He was a sinner, just like we are. But through God's divine purpose, he chose Israel. He chose Israel to begin a nation, a nation of people that later on God Called Israel. Listen. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Now what does this signify? Well I want to tell you what this signifies. This signifies. That God raises up. Not only individuals. But he raises up. Nations. Of people. You can almost. You can think of this. As God. Is like a loving father. And that's why we pray. Jesus taught us to pray what? Our father. Okay. Thank you. You get, you got, you, everybody got the point, right? He's a father. And guess what? According to this right here, our text, he's a loving father. And he has shown his love by adopting. Israel, Jacob. He raises these individuals up and he nurtures them by the power of his Holy Spirit. This is part of our sanctification in Christ Jesus.
If it were not for his love, again, we would be left where? In our sin. It's very important to understand this. We'd be left in our sin. The wages of sin is what? Death. So, in all actuality, we'll be left as stillborn. That is, dead on arrival. No way of returning to God the Father. But this, again, is not the God that is portrayed here, that is, that is, that is represented here. This is a, this is a God that is a loving Father. And I want to make that clear. And he has chosen Jacob. And from Jacob he has chosen, chosen his descendants. And he has made them into a nation, a very great nation. And from that nation has come our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see how this works? It's important you see how this works. Because if you don't see how this works, guess what? Chances are your view of God is skewed. Your view of God is inaccurate. And your salvation is based upon a fallacy. It's based upon a lie. Who are these particular Israelites? That's what we need to get into next. Well, let's go to the text again. Look at Romans chapter 9 again. Let's turn to Romans chapter 9. Over in verse 6 it reads, It is not as though God's word had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Notice that. First of all, there, had, there were individuals Paul was aware of. That was concerned about the status of Israel. Their existence as a nation, as a people. Now you have to understand the background here. It was, uh, this, this was doing what is called, by most scholars, Second Temple Israel. So this was a new temple, a new age for the, for the people of Israel. And so there, you know, there was a certain level, or not a certain level, but there was, what was happening, there was temple worship back then. And so Paul is speaking to those individuals who were part of this temple worship, who was part of Judaism as far as doing the first, doing this first century period, time period. Are you, are you following me here? It's important you understand this. So this was during the time where there were individuals who were confessing, the best way I can describe them, confessing religious Jews, okay? And so they, their faith and their trust was in the law, the written law of God. Do this and live. That is, obey and live. Disobey and what? Die. And so they kept the law. They were the keepers of the law. Not only the keepers of the law, but the keepers of the ceremonies. 
that is the sacrificing of bulls and goats and so forth for the atonement or to appease God. Well, what about these individuals? Was what they were doing now no longer needed or necessary? I would say yes. It was not no longer needed. It was no longer necessary as far as the ceremonies. The law, though, still applied. But the law cannot save you. The law only slays you. It only kills you. Is that clear? So, the question was, okay, the promise, which was made to, first of all, the patriarchs. Who are the patriarchs? The patriarchs are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had promised them that they would be a blessed people. That from them would be a blessed nation would come forth. And that, so this promise, they were very aware of. So now they're, they're wondering, okay, what about this promise? That's why Paul right there says, he talks about God's word. When you see God's word, that's equivalent to God's problem, promise. Is that clear? God's word is his promise. It has not failed. It has not failed. And this is what Paul is arguing here. It has not failed. For the, you know, listen. Yes, it is true that there are still those members who are practicing the Mosaic law, who are uh, who are keeping the Mosaic law. Those who are and they're still sacrificing, making sacrifices, and things like that. And it's true they don't apply anymore because Jesus is now our eternal sacrifice, right? Jesus is the sacrifice, the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth and that God has received and and now he is pleased and no longer uh, you know our sins have been paid for amen? amen and so this is true but those people who continue to do this what Paul is implying here is that they have not um, I should say God has not written all the Israelites off what has happened is, is that they have rejected God. It's clear by their actions. And so, but Paul says, you know what, what you need to really understand too is that, that these who call themselves descendants from Israel are not all Israel. You see that in the text? He says, he says, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Verse number seven. Nor because they are descendants are they all Abraham's children either. They can call themselves Abraham's children, but in the eyes of God, they may not be Abraham's children. God, don't you, don't you think that being God, that he's a, being, every father should know his children, right? A father who, well, let me take that back, because there's some fathers out there who probably don't know their children. <laughs> but, I'm just saying God is not like that. God is not like us. Remember, we're created after his what? After his image, right? So, but he knows his children. And guess what? He blesses his children. And when I say he blesses his children, guess what? His children 
know him as well. And this is what we need to understand. Because God, we're going over to point number two. Because God sovereignly loved Israelites, God has blessed particular Israelites. It's very clear. He has blessed them. And how, how to, how to, what is the sign that they have been blessed? One of the signs that they have been blessed is the adoption. They, 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 they call him father. Now, they call him father not because of the promise to Abraham, not, not, not because of, I should say the promise to Abraham, but not just because of the promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they call him father because they believe in who? Jesus Christ. They believe that he is now that promised Messiah that was talked about and promised in the Old Testament. They believe that. And that's who they really trust in. They trust in Jesus Christ. Listen, they trust because God has sent the Spirit to them to testify to them that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Son of the living God. And this is who they will honor. All the children of God will honor him in Christ Jesus. Because the Spirit testifies that they are now adopted children in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And this is what basically Paul is, is trying to bring out here. And this is what you need to understand. When I, when I talk about the sovereign love of God. And this is why... I, I say this, you know, certain individuals, individuals that hate God or despise God or reject God or reject our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they they they're they're doing only what they 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 not they weren't created that way, but because of sin, because of the fall, they have fallen into sin. They have become blind. They can't see that Jesus is the Christ. They can't see that Jesus is Lord. It's, it's not. It's not because they were created that way, but that's because of the that's because of the fall of our first parents, who were what Adam, Adam and Eve. That's 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 why. So they're basically doing what they have fallen into, and what God has allowed them to remain in. Remember, we talked about that over in uh, we saw that in Romans chapter two, right? It talked, I should say Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the mortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They're rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. They're rejecting that Jesus is the Savior. 
that Jesus' resurrection testified of, testified of his, his sonship, that is, being the Son of God. You see how that works, children? You see how that works, people? See, these, see listen, sinners, that is, that is the nature of fallen humanity. It's sinful. We, sinful humanity, they sin because what? They're sinners. And they have been left in their sins. And this is what God, if God has left them in their sin, this is a sign, a testimony of their heart and who they really are. And that's why Paul says, not all descendants of Israel are the children. That is, those who, who are adopted by God in Christ Jesus. The same way with Abraham. Abraham was promised many descendants as well. And listen, I'm going to end it with this just to prove it. Let's go to verse 9. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return and Sarah will have a what? A son. Not only that, but Rebekah's children had one and the same father. Our father, Isaac. Notice this now. Now check this out. Yet, before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand. Now notice that. That's why, you know, you think I'm making this stuff up. It talk, it's talking about the, the, the election of God here. I'm not making this up. It's, in, it's, it's right here. Might stand not by works, but by him who calls, she was told. Who is it that calls? Only God Almighty. God. Only God can call. Only God can raise the dead. Only God. And you know, listen, I'm going to tell you something. This is what's happening in heaven right now. All the angels and all the hosts of heaven, they're looking down. And they're looking at us even right now. Those who worship God in Christ Jesus, they're like, wow. God. Only God could do a thing like this. Only God could raise Individuals raise a nation of people, a body of people who call themselves Christians and rightly worship him with a renewed heart. A heart that was that was destined for destruction. But now glorify God. Amen. Amen. The older will what serve the younger. Just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Listen, it's right there in the text. Jacob I loved, and I have demonstrated this love to him, first of all, by providing him with the land, his, his descendants with the land, just like he had promised. Remember, they got there, they went, they, they entered into the promised land. What was the promised land? Canaan. Remember Canaan? It took a long time. <laughs> Ooh, it took him a long time. But he got him there. He gave it to him. Just like he promised. And he also promised them a Messiah. One who would come. A man. He would be the God man. Emmanuel. He would be, and you would call his name Jesus. He would be your Savior. Amen? Amen. Yeah. 
Where does, how does it apply to us now? Well, I'm going to tell you real quickly. We're a part of, we're part of this, this story. It's an unfolding story. We're part of this story. Listen, Abraham is our father too. The same faith that Abraham had, we have. It's in Christ Jesus. Did you know that? It's important you see this. We're blessed because of him. God has raised us up and we're part of the ancestry of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Amen? And that's why because God certainly loves Israelites, Christians rightly love all Israelites. That is, those particular Israelites, I shouldn't say particular Israelites, but particular in God's eyes. We don't know who they are exactly. But you know what would probably be a good sign? They confess Christ. Guess what? There are many what they call Messianic Jews. Those who confess Christ and who realize this. But we love all of them. Even if they, they, don't, they don't confess, right? Because we don't know when God plans to, to do a work on them. When God plans to uh, fully transform them, renew them, convert them. And so, you know, our role, though, in all of this is just to love them. Not only to love them, but to love all. You know, we, we need to walk in a manner that is humble. We, when I say, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that, listen, we're thankful from a renewed heart that Jesus is the Christ. And that we have been saved from, from the consequences of our sin. That we have been called. We have been adopted. And that our salvation is secure in Christ Jesus. This is what all this should do for us. It should assure us that this is the promise of God. That is the word of God. It is his promise. That he will keep us. That he will bring us through. And that we will, on that day, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ returns, we will be fully renewed. That is, body and soul. Amen? Amen. And we will be his people. That is, the people of God. And he will be our God forevermore. That's the time that I'm talking about. A time of no more crying, no more weeping, no more sadness. This is not a time to brag or boast in our election. But we can take assurance in it. We can be confident that according to God's promise, we are overcomers by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That he has fully paid for our sins and that God has clothed us in his righteousness. Amen. Let us close with the following points. Let us keep this in mind. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites, he hates particular Israelites. Point number two, 
because God certainly loves Israelites, God has blessed particular Israelites, such as Abraham, Isaac. That's what we talked about today. Abraham, the blessing of Abraham. From Abraham came the descendants that were blessed. And their names, we know their names. Isaac. Rebekah had two sons. Who were they? Jacob and Esau. Jacob. God made it clear. He loves. He poured out his blessings upon him. From him came all the descendants that we're part of. Esau, he made it clear. He hated. That is, now remember, he doesn't have feelings like we do. But basically, he rejected. He allowed to remain in his sins. That's what when, that's what basically that, that word is talking about. It's a dislike. It's a rejection. His God's action has made that clear. That he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. And he will love whom he will love. Final point. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites, Christians rightly love all Israelites. We pray for them. We hope for them. Because we know that our hope is ultimately their hope. That is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Our Lord and God, thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for increasing our knowledge and love for you. Our Lord and God, thank you for enlightening us, enlightening, enlightening us with, these, with this marvelous message. From your written word. Bless our listeners. We ask and we pray. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please rise. For the doxology. Now. To him who is able. To keep and strengthen you. According to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the mystery that was kept secret for a very long time, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the divine command of the eternal God, to bring about obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory and honor, both dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Please hug one another and enjoy the rest of the day. God bless you.